Welcome back to the Freestyle Club. What's up, everybody? This is Samuel, a.k.a. Sam Savon, and I am the newest member of Freestyle Club. Warning. Warning. The Freestyle Club contains adult language. It is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome. Welcome to this week's edition of the Freestyle Club. My name is Jose Ortiz. You know me as CPR, and I'm being joined by no one again. Rafael Reyes and Nick Colon are on assignment, but joining me right now is the man with the fluorescent eyes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Please welcome from uh, Cutting Records fame, Sam Savon. Thank you for joining us here on the Freestyle Club. A.K.A. Samuel, A.K.A. New Vision, A.K.A. whatever else you want to use, bro. So many names I've had in this business. It's funny because I got tons of questions on that, too, in Brazil uh, about the New Vision thing. Let's start unpacking some of the motetes, as you call it. Motetes, motetes. Yes. So, <laughs> originally, your name on Cutting Records was Samuel. How did that name change? happened to Sam Savone. I know, it's really weird, right? Uh, well, you know, at the time, um, that song Rumors, I think the singer's name was Samuel. Look at all these rumors surrounding me every day I just need some time some time to get away from all these rumors I can't take it no more My best friend said is what I never meet a girl door. But his was spelled S-A-M-U-E-L-L-E or something like that. And I think that cutting records, a little concerned, you know, that we would lose um, record sales. So, you know, at the time I was young, uh, I I really shouldn't have, to be honest, because this caused a lot of confusion throughout the years, especially when it comes to, you know, being booked for shows and territories. And I think it just made things a little more confusing. But, yeah, that's what happened. I was under Samuel. I, in fact, I released two records under Samuel. I, redid, uh, I did Open Your Eyes. then the remix version of open your eyes which is called don't set me free which is a really big record actually it was getting played on at the time in new york city on kiss which was predominantly uh r&b house radio station cutting was a little concerned i mean and rightly so as a company you want to sort of they want to capture sales and not lose any sales it was a big thing back then so they wanted to change my name before it became a problem with record sales because back then it was about selling records vinyls cassettes it wasn't downloads or anything like that so the loss in sale was a, a bit detrimental, I think, at the time. So they asked me to change my name. At the time, I had a friend of mine who was a comedian. <laughs> and he was coming with these really funny names. So, except I didn't know French back then. So, Savan, I <laughs> uh, had no idea. I mean, soap in French. And it's a little embarrassing to say that now. The rumor in my neck of the woods was that Samuel, You Are The One, your second single, didn't yeah. do that well. So because it sucked. You, because it didn't do that well that they changed your name because that second single was that terrible. There's always been rumors about why the name changed. You're saying the factual information that it was because Samuel had a song at that time, but we thought in the freestyle community, especially in our area, that it was because of your second single, You Are The One. I'll take full responsibility for You Are The One. Uh, you Are The One was a complete 
uh, opposite of what Open Your Eyes was. And I know that although I've cutting records, like, you know, uh, it was a song I did with uh, Johan Brunqvist, who passed away recently, actually. Rest in peace, Johan. Your Other One was like a Rick Astley kind of song. And that's what was happening on the radio. And Your Other One had that pop feel. And coming off of Open Your Eyes, which was a really big, successful song, very successful song, right? It was a huge wreck in the clubs. I remember I remember one time I was playing uh, Mirage in the Bronx. If that's the club, if I, if I remember clearly, Lulu Vega was spinning, and and he was like, you sure you want to do that? You're the one first. You should open your eyes. Because open your eyes is, is the one that's really kicking ass out here. And I remember putting on You're the one, and halfway through, I told him to cut it off. <laughs> and we just broke it to open your eyes. The public was a little surprised coming off of a song like Open Your Eyes into a pop feel. I think you sold 10,000 units, if I'm not mistaken. If that, Aldo could correct me on that. I don't know. But the name change was because, and it happened because of that Samuel Rumor song, not because the song sucked. <laughs> this is the Freestyle Club. It took you some time because uh, Open Your Eyes was released in 1988, and it wasn't until mm-hmm. 1991 that you would return yep. with a new yep. name, Sam Savone, My Heart Alone. My heart alone needs you near me. My heart alone feels so sad and dreary. I guess I'm on my own since you left my heart. was a big record i think and and once again cutting records all could correct me i think it was released on a tuesday and it was already getting spins that friday of that week on hot 97 or hot 103 whatever station that was really kicking back then it was getting like tons of spins by that friday 4 30 in the afternoon i'll never forget it it was on heavy rotation i couldn't believe it i'm like wow and, and let me tell you i had a manager at the time that we would go to the radio station back then the artist did the work i come from the old school that we don't just rely on the label we have to put in the work they had like one day a week at the time that you go to the station get to be the promoters man i did that for so long once a week and i'll bump it to everybody there you know brenda k star i'll bump it to everybody in the station we were all trying to vie for that time slot and uh and it was nice that for, for my heart alone, I didn't have to do that. It literally just went on the air. And I was so happy about that. I was shocked. You went to the stations. You traveled. Mm-hmm. You yep. promoted the song the way that you're That's supposed right. to. You put miles right. on a car, hit yep. the pavement, and you yep. work for every spin. Now in 2019, we have social media. We have all these different mediums. Yep. I think that it's a lost art. Do you agree that pounding the pavement yes. that way that yes. you used to, it's a yes. lost art? Yes, yes. Before my heart alone came out, I think I'm between the previous records about 70 i remember my manager was counting i did about 70 to 80 free shows promo shows just to get my shit out there pardon my language um and i was we 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 were working tirelessly just i was basically whoring my voice pardon my language bro but i was basically out there trying to build something you know uh back then we didn't have social media right and basically we worked through djs and whatever stations picked us up and not only do I think it's a lost art, but I believe that that a lot of artists feel, and if I hurt someone, I apologize. Too bad. I believe that a lot of artists feel that just because they're dropping a vocal in their home studio, that we're indebted to them, that we have to give them the spins, that we have to fall to our knees and, and bow. No, no, we don't have to do that. Back in the old days, back in the OK Corral, bro, we used to have to bust our asses 
bust our asses because there wasn't marketing dollars. We didn't have a huge machine behind us, even though, you know, we had really good labels, decent labels, but we had to bust our asses. There was no social media. You weren't immediately accepted. You know what I mean? And, and even to this day, I'm still dealing with bullshit like that. To this day, I'm still dealing with people. How do I put this eloquently without having to... Questioning your identity. <laughs> yes, you got it. You got it. And questioning my background, my skills. Oh, you know, you don't do your show. Well, the truth is, I choose not to. There are many times I've felt that I have to be careful. Whether you are multi-platinum artist or whether you're starting out, you have to respect your brand, whatever it is. And I don't take these little gigs here and there. I just don't. You know, that's why I have a day job. But I feel that a lot a lot of the artists these days just want that sort of respect me right away and pay my stuff and take stuff personal man we're like dinosaurs i mean my skin is like leather bro it's leather at this point i don't give a shit what anybody gotta say about me i really don't subscribe to the freestyle club podcast the unknown admin.com and cprsmusic.com you just returned from Brazil. How was that experience? There's a couple things. I'm glad you asked because Brazil is amazing. Um, a lot of people don't realize that this was not something that Stevie B came up with overnight. First of all, this has been his goal for many, many, many years as a whole. He's always wanted to do a festival. Um, and he's been planning this for a long time. He started calling me two years ago on this particular show. You know, he was calling me, calling Asia. I mean, he was calling us two years ago. This is not overnight. And so I knew what he was planning and i knew it was going to be big jose it's gonna be big i mean this concert costs half a million dollars a lot of people don't realize that it costs half a million to put this all together they're shooting a video or rather movie documentary i mean there's a lot going on i didn't like that a lot of artists started coming out of the woodwork when they heard me niasia and v all of a sudden they started reaching out to cvb and that just told us as artists that they didn't think shit about us they thought that it Stevie B took us out to Brazil that anyone could go out there. That was an insult to me and Asia to all of us. And, you know, to be honest, I shouldn't be talking about, I shouldn't be talking on behalf of my fellow artists. I shouldn't. But I know that's how I felt. It was a little bit irritating to hear from certain people, oh, well, if Samuels can go, then shit, the super in my building can go to Brazil too. But just to make a point too, though, in particular in my case, the Open Your Eyes record is considered... Well, I'm considering, I hate, to, I hate to talk shit like this because it's not me, but I have to say like it is. They see me as the godfather of funk melody out there. Open Your Eyes is what set the course. For them, Open Your Eyes is the base of where everything happened out there. It's an anthem for them. It's not a genre. It, it's literally like singing the Star Spangled Banner for them out there. Literally. In fact, last time I was there, I had an author fly out who's writing a book on the history of karaoke. And I remember my PR guy, Marcos, you know, she literally flew to Rio de Janeiro to interview me for the book because she reminded me of you because she knew everything about me that I, shit that I didn't even know about. I had no idea that Open Your Eyes was the most sampled record in the history of music out there. Sampled over 1,100 times, all right? Like the horns is, is something that hundreds of songs have been produced around. Here, Stateside don't realize that, that Stevie B's decisions were genius. They don't understand that he is intelligent. He's brilliant. He is a very smart businessman. There was a reason to his lineup. Here are some of the things I want to know what you, you think of it. That he paid you artists, the ones that he booked, pennies and the dollar. 
So he got mm-hmm. the majority of the booking and that uh, you guys got pennies on the dollar. How do you feel about that statement? Well, Stevie paid me well. Was your transportation taken care of? Yeah, every, every, are you kidding me? Shoot us like gold. Everything taken care of. We had I any mean, security personnel. We had detail. Everything. Everything was taken what care of. What else? Can you elaborate on what else was taken care of for you? Do you think that he's going to leave us walking around Brazil alone? I mean, it's so surprising to, to even hear this question because... Um, but then again, I shouldn't be surprised. You know, people talk a lot of mierda, right? It's just the way it is in the business. People talk a lot of shit. He took care of us, bro. He took care of us. The hotel I, I, was I, paid I, for? Of course. Do you think we paid for a hotel? The airline tickets? <laughs> yeah. Yo, fill me in. What did you hear? No, I want to go. I want to go. He paid for everything. I want to go step by step because what people say is that Stevie B is a a person that really takes care of himself first than others. So I want to get the information from you because people like to start this stuff and we like factual information. I know. So I I get to ask you, a friend, and and you're honest with me. Now, here's another another one, right? Uh, there was these nice elaborate shirts with your pictures on them. Did you get a piece of that, or who got to sell the t-shirts and keep the money? No, no, we we those are t-shirts. Well, well, I can't speak for everybody. I'll, I'll speak for me. I paid for mine because I'm selling mine. 100 percent profit is mine. Stevie nope. didn't get a cut of it. Nope, those t-shirts are mine. We paid for them, you know, because obviously it was just a way for us to generate a little bit extra money. And what ticks me off is that. While I understand that people will always have something negative to say or whatever, right? that's just, and that's in any genre, you know how it is. People always want to bicker and talk shit about them, bring people down. I'm not going to partake in that. Stevie B did a lot for us, bro. And and I will love him and respect him for that. And I'm the kind of person, listen, I'm Puerto Rican, and I suck at lying. I have a lot of love and respect for this guy. He took care of me. He's a man of his word, bro. He's a man of his word. I don't know what other dealings he has. I don't know. He took care of me, and he, and I mean, he took care of me, bro. No questions asked. Your point has been taken, but I, I yep. always want to make sure that the listening audience, they got social media as well. They get to have these conversations yep. with yep. others. So I want to get the information from you, the person that was yeah. there, from you, the yeah. person that was booked. So sure. you, were, you were booked for a show in Brazil. Two of them. All your expenses were paid yep. for. You got paid it. for both shows. I All remember having a conversation with you before you went on this trip, and you told mm-hmm. me that you have already have gotten paid. Yeah, exactly. When it comes to international shows, we obviously need to, you know, get paid before, you know, things happen. I've heard of situations, and I won't mention artists' name that had that 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 have gotten duped, you know, um, uh, in particular. Um, so I'm not going to say your know, names, obviously, it's not my business, but. This I know for a fact that it, it does happen, Jose. You know, it does happen. But you see, for TVB, you can't forget that TVB is also a personality. You know, he's also an artist. And I don't think that he would want to have that sort of uh, thing happen, not on his watch, not on his name, not on his dime, you know? Yeah. Um, I, uh, and, and wherever we stayed, he stayed with us. You know that, right? No, I did he not. Stayed at, yes, he stayed in all our hotels. We were all in the same place, same time. In fact, one night we were all in his room till 1, 2 in the morning, had a quick meeting, talking crap. I mean, he was very involved with us. I mean, this this is a big deal. This is a big deal. And, and, and just to make another point, I believe that a lot of the people that are talking nonsense are the people that are jealous that were not involved in this, that weren't asked to be a part of it, 
and just want to bring something that is going to be historical down. That's all I'm going to say. I truly yeah. appreciate your candor. And I, I appreciate your honesty. I know that you got backlash because you were booked for the show. I'm truly glad that an international show like this, you got taken care of. You got paid up front. You got to keep the money for your merchandise. Everything came out in, in a positive manner for you. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, but then again, like, like I said, Jose, um, this was something that was being worked on for a couple of years. And that's one thing that I love about Stevie B. You know, he respected me as an artist. He knew exactly my worth. And I really appreciate that. Because sometimes, you know, promoters, I mean, I've worked with a few promoters that are sort of questionable. Right. But he he has total respect for each and every one of us. I think and, that people are more yeah. concerned with what he made than what he actually did for the artists that he brought there. So they worry so much about Stevie B's pocket. Oh, he made more money than them, or he, you know, he pocketed this, he pocketed that. Like you're actually giving us facts, but there is someone right now listening to the show, and mm -hmm. they're still not convinced. Nah, nah, it didn't happen that way. I really don't care. <laughs> I don't care because I know how he took care of me, and um, I love him and I respect him for that. And like I said, Jose, you're so Puerto Rican, yo. Yo no tengo pelo en la lengua, right? You know how we are, bro. Yes. You, you know, I'm from the hood. I'm from the Bronx. I keep it very, 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 very real. I'm also professional. Um, Stevie's amazing, bro. He's he's an amazing person. He really took care of me. I can't, I cannot complain for nothing, bro. This guy hooked me up, hooked me up. It was an incredible experience. You mentioned a backlash. I don't mention backlash. I mentioned jealousy. I don't particularly care. Uh, for example, I was talking to a few of the artists today, and we all felt the same way that a lot of the artists here stateside, yo, you don't see one effing comment, one word of support. These are jealous mofos, you know what I'm saying? And it's really messed up. You know, these are people that don't support, that either are jealous or are just too busy, you know, feeding their own fame, you know? And it's really messed up because what Stevie B's doing is going to be really good. When he brings that tour stateside, they're going to really understand where what he's doing, where he's coming from. But I, for one, don't expect any accolades from my colleagues because I never had it before. I don't see artists posting on my on comments, oh, Sam, whatever. None of that, bro. None of it. And if you think I don't notice, I notice. You know, and it's not that I'm looking for accolades or for congratulations. None of that, bro, because I never expected it before. Never had it before. I don't give an S-H-I-T. I'm going to show you what I got vocally. That's what I do. I don't need validation from anybody, but I think it's disgusting that a lot of these artists here stateside don't have the balls to support someone. Don't have... The, the the professional courtesies, oh my God, you know, congratulations, man, good job, whatever. Yo, they're all too busy feeling themselves. And I, Jose, you 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 know that I am not a diva. I'm not a, a, a conceited person, bro. I, I, I am as honest as they come. I hate artists like that. When you win a freaking Grammy, you still shouldn't be that way. When you sell 10 million copies, you still shouldn't be that way. Get over yourself. This is the Freestyle Club. Now let's talk about something that uh, is happening in the future. You have brand new music coming out. The Samuel record produced by the Kings of Queen. We don't know where it's going to land, Jose. We don't know. We're not saying, you know, yes or no. We don't know. We're, you know, we're still, this has been two years in the making, bro. <laughs> this has been two years in the process. So, you know, we don't know. We do know that when I was on the New Vision many years ago, a lot of people don't know that I was signed to Strictly Rhythm Records here in the States. And uh, the record that Albert Cabrera and I did called Just Me and You was the biggest record of my career, Jose. The biggest record of my, the most money I ever made in my life was on that record that me and Albert made. Uh, 
under the name New Vision. It was licensed to Universal Records in London, and then it went on to Sony, Polygram, Blanco Negro. I mean, it went to 27 countries, bro. Huge, okay? So we kind of want to capitalize on a European market, too. So we don't know exactly where it's going to land, but it's a song called uh, So Alive. And I know that we got a little snippet for you that the twins put together for you. So, you know, and they wanted me to tell you that, you know, please be easy because it's not completely finished, but they are in the final stages right now. In fact, in fact, he was just texting me right now as I was talking to you. He said to just let you know <laughs> that they're going to send you the third update in a minute. You know, so that's the one that you're going to be playing. But uh, Lewis in particular has been busting his ass. I mean, o- overnight working on this. Searching for reasons to justify Rewinding a minute to 1999, New Vision, Just Me and mm-hmm. You, you mm-hmm. said that you made the most money. Now, yes, I did. When I went to Strictly Rhythm, I spent a shitload of money on a lawyer. It was a 70-page contract that me and Aubrey knew what we were getting into. And they took care of us, Jose. They, I mean, literally, Mark Finkelstein, Gladys Pizarro took care of us. So what you're saying is, is you had a better experience at Strictly yes. Rhythm. We made money. <laughs> Albert and I did very well. Uh, we um, people don't understand. We made a lot of money, um, and, and you know, and coming from a poor kid from the Bronx, me, a Puerto Rican, was always starving. You know, I always tell people, fame comes before the money. I've had a lifetime of paying dues, Jose, a lifetime of showing up to a club in a limousine with holes in my shoes, hungry, and getting paid that night. People don't realize the dues that I've been paying. I can speak for myself. Can't speak for anybody else. This has been the hardest years of my life because in this business, it is like a legal mob. Everything is recoupable. I made the most money with Strictly Rhythm Records. They hooked me up. Well, and so did Universal Records in London, obviously. Whenever I walked into the Strictly Rhythm offices, there was a check there waiting for me, bro. What does that tell you? Every freaking time, a check there waiting for me and Albert, bro. (laughs) Every time we walked in, a new license. A new fat check. It was insane. I never experienced that in my life. Now, granted, I spent a lot of money with a good lawyer. And and the funny thing is that my lawyer at the time was the same lawyer as Mark Finkelstein's lawyer. We had the same lawyer, which was the owner of Strictly With The Records. And I still, he still took care of me, bro. It was, it was, it was a great experience, um, you know, except when Warner Brothers bought them out and it became ugly for a minute there, but... Uh, we did very well. And even to this day, I'm still collecting money. Even to this day. A lot of people that are listening to the show right now should uh, take it here too. And especially now when everyone is so eager to sign their life away just to have someone uh, promote their music, which is something that they can actually do themselves. Jose, can I ask you a question? Sure. Maybe you could school me because, you know, I'm always living on the rock, man. Every day, new song coming out. Who the hell's releasing it? Well, I'm from the old school. I mean, you know, there's a label behind it. There's a machine. There's, you know, there's marketing department. Every day, I hear, oh, a new song coming out. New song about to drop. New hit. Who the hell's putting it out? Who the hell is backing these people up? Are they just, please explain to me how the music industry is working right now. 
the only label right now that's actually legit putting out stuff and getting the results it's 418 freestyle 418 music 418 music is the number one independent dance label and they are run by someone who produced freestyle and so he opened up 418 freestyle and he's doing things the correct way of course the santana twins has a deal with yeah. records i'm not sure yep, how that yep. is structured uh but they they uh, uh promote them and and put them out Willie Valentine, artistic recordings. He puts things right. out uh, independently. There are many artists that are putting their stuff out there independently, and some are finding some success by selling everything themselves. But right okay. now, the one that's on top doing it the correct way, Gino Caporale. I'm from the school where, well, like, there was a department for everything. You know, there was a marketing department, there was an editorial department, there was a department for everything, you know? Gino, Gino's and, got it. That's exactly yeah. what he does, and he's yeah. doing things right now that people can't even comprehend because... Yeah, even that's though, where I come from, bro. That's that's my background. <laughs> that That's what I understand. Well, he, he's the type of person that wants to share his knowledge, but people in freestyle that, and I've said this so many times already on this podcast, that don't want to listen to the things that he has to say, and he has... Maybe the they actual, should. He has the actual formula to have some success. Ultimately, yeah, you know, putting something out on your own, you know, and, and and selling your own stuff. I mean, that's great and all, but it depends how far you want to, how far you want to take your career. You know, like right now, I'm being very, very, very focused on getting this this new song out. I don't know how it's gonna do. I don't know how how my freestyle freaks are gonna are gonna react to the twin song. You know, obviously we've we've done one or two videos on you know on Facebook talking about it and playing a little bit of it. It seems to be okay. Well you know, I know that if it. it says Kings of Queens it's not freestyle, yeah. it's dance. Yeah, it's dance. And so if you it's want dance. to capture that market again and you want to go and uh, do what you did with Albert Cabrera many years ago, that this, yeah. is, this is the way that you have to do it. You have to, mm -hmm. you have to do that. And I know that the freestyle community hates hearing that. But I know, but it's sad because you know, too bad you ain't paying my rent. What the hell? I mean, it's like, <laughs> listen, I, I love, you know, the, the, and the damn, you knows. I love my supporters and they know it. They know it. I appreciate it, but I'm going to be damned. If you're going to tell me what genre I'm going to sing in, it's messed up. You should not be taking food off my table. That is not right. It's so funny. it's funny how a genre called freestyle has so many militants, so many, so many militant yeah. followers, bro. And listen, we love them, but like I said, I have to show scope. I did that one record with a house label. Well, it was the number one house label in the country because at the time we had Ultranate. I mean, I I worked with someone, the girl that signed me, Gladys Pizarro. Is the A and R girl that discovered Eric Morello? I mean, Armin Van Helden, Ultranate. I mean, we're talking. This is a legend, bro. People that have sold millions and millions of copies. I felt very blessed when she took me on and signed me, and she made a lot of money for me. And not to keep saying that, I I do apologize. In freestyle, I made money in shows. In my dance music, I made money in shows. And in my publishing, and in royalties, I made money. Sam, you but know, that's, so that's nothing difference. new. There's nothing right. new that you're saying right, right now at this moment that people are going to be shocked about because we have people that have been coming on here for the entire year that the Freestyle Club has been on podcast, and they yeah. said the same thing. They never made money from the label. They never got paid. I blame us. I blame the artists. I blame, and I'm going to speak for myself, I blame myself for that. I blame myself for not self-educating myself not getting to know the business like i know now 
I spent enough money to buy a freaking house. I'm educating myself on bad deals, bad contracts. I know now. It took me years, but I know now. So at the same time, we can blame all the labels all we want, but we have to be smart enough to make these decisions, to have foresight. Back when I signed with Cutting Records, I didn't know Jack. Jack, bro. I didn't know nothing, okay? I'm not going to blame. I have no I have no ill feelings towards Aldo because Aldo and I go back to before when I was a kid on Dykeman, bro. Uptown. That's where we grew up. I lived right around the corner from Music House where he had his record shop with his parents. So I grew up knowing Aldo as a person. So it was a great opportunity and a great stepping stone that I will always love them and appreciate them. I still talk to Aldo. I still reach out to him every now and then. Like I said, I'm not going to hold any bitter feelings because I take responsibility too. I take responsibility for the mistakes I made. I'm not going to blame the entire world for my stupidity. It is what it is. You take it. You learn from it. You be, that's why I said I have skin of leather, bro. I do. Because I roll with so many punches that it's 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 almost second nature. It's like breathing to me now, you know? So, so with this knowledge that I have now, I try to um, make smarter decisions. It's not always possible. But sometimes artists are made to feel like they should be indebted the opportunity because that still happens to this day this is the freestyle club what do you remember about my heart alone my heart alone needs you near me my heart alone is so sad and dreary i guess i'm on my own since you left my heart Marlon was amazing. It was it was a huge record for me. It was a big, 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 big record for me. And that's one thing about cutting records that I love too. They didn't want to follow the the uh, traditional, doom, doom, you know what I mean? Like that that that, that whole freestyley crashes. <laughs> I mean all that shit. They they gave me original stuff, and I love that. You know, and they gave me the opportunity to to choose these songs too. Like I wasn't part of a factory. You know, we just down that conveyor belt. And they slap on this typical cliche sound, which I hate, which I loathe. So what we have here for My Heart Alone, it was uh, produced by Albert Cabrera, mixed yeah, by Aldo Marin and Mike Rogers. Yep, oh, Mike Rogers, amazing. Mastered by Herb Powers Jr. Powers, Herb Powers, a legend. Amazing, yeah. Keyboards by Joey Moskowitz. Now, you know, Joey Moskowitz was the one that broke my balls for Catch and Kiss. Let me tell you something. Now, a lot of people don't know that Joey Moskowitz also went on to work on Madonna's Erotica album. This guy, now Catch and Kiss, I always say was the most difficult record for me to record. Those notes were really like up there, you know, like I had to like, tighten my man parts, you know what I mean? <laughs>
But Joy Moskowitz was an amazing, amazing, amazing person to work with. He just brought out something in me that was really, really, really special. And I remember doing Catch and Kiss, I would say, that high part 16 times, bro, before he was actually happy about it. Thanks for reminding me. I forgot that Joy Moskowitz worked on this. Same team for both songs. You have the lovely Rihanna Page doing background yep. for you. And my sister, too, I think. What's funny is that Catch and Kiss was initially for Tony Moran. And I remember Tony telling me when he heard the demo vocals that I did for Catch and Kiss, he's like, yo, this song is definitely for you. He told me, this is, this is definitely your song. I'm like, well, I appreciate it. Because I, I could have sworn it was for Tony Moran. And so he sort of bequeathed it to me. And I appreciate that to this day. Isn't it funny how artists like Tony Moran, who are selfless, yep. they can hear a song and say, you know, not for me, yep. give it to Sam, because yep, I know right. that Sam's going to knock it out of the park. I, I wish that we had that now in 2019, where this song's not for me, <laughs> it's for you. I'm so happy you mentioned that. Because in Brazil, at Volta Redonda, Naeja is doing Non Forever, right? And I think there's going to be footage coming out of that. I, I surprised her. Me, Daddy Cole, and NV went on stage to support her in this song. And the reason why I wanted to do this was because I wanted to show support for artists. That is what's missing. That is what's missing. And I don't know if you know where I'm coming from, Jose, but when we went out there, we blew it up with Non Forever, which was the last song on her set. We went out there because I want to support my sister. I love her. I want to support her as an artist and show solidarity. That is what's missing. That's the school I come from. These days, everybody's for themselves. And if ever you talk to an Asia, she's going to tell you where my head was when I did that. Because I surprised her with that, by the way. She, she was not expecting that. We went on stage and we blew it up. We all performed it together and it was amazing. Incredible. That is what's missing. No one's out here for each other. Everybody's out there for themselves. The The amount of press that we got on this is insane, even beyond social media. There's a lot of write-ups on us actually out there too. People always equate, well, me and Stevie B together, especially in Brazil. We're always synonymous. And it's something that's been going on for two decades at this point, if not even more. And a lot of people here stateside don't realize that. When you hear o Open Your Eyes, you hear a Stevie B song afterwards. When you hear a Stevie B song, you hear Open Your Eyes after. That's how all the DJs mix. For some reason, they've always equated us. The people keep asking me, you, you should do a duet with CBB. And it's funny because I would do it. When I talked to him, I didn't mention that to him. We did talk about how people equate me and him in Brazil. I mean, I'm going to say this out, and hopefully, I don't know if, if Stevie wanted it kept quiet for the moment. I hope he doesn't kill me for it. But I think he did mention doing some... Um, uh, oh, God, I hope he doesn't get upset at me, but... Uh, uh, releasing a um, a compilation of sorts of this particular group of people that went on tour. So I don't know for sure that's going to happen. I do know that they were filming, and maybe when you speak to him, he might elaborate on that. Uh, they were filming. They were filming a documentary or whatever it was that they were filming for. I mean, they had drones. I mean, you name it. It was a big, 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 big concert. Jose. It was huge. It was huge. So, but I think he mentioned, especially when he sent me that cause and effect song, I think he wanted to put it to the album. So there might be some, and I hope that he's okay with me talking about it, you know, because I never like to talk about things that aren't, like, I'm not the kind of person that talks about things because a lot of stuff is talked about and then it doesn't happen, you know, and then, and then we look stupid, you know what I mean? Let's talk about remakes, since you want to talk about... Yeah. Oh, God. And effect. TVB sent me 
two months ago, he sent me a song. I was very surprised that he did. And then he said, do you know it? And I said, yeah, I do know the song. It's cause and effect, you know. I, I love that song. He's like, do you want to do it? I said, sure. Sure. He said, do you want to perform it at the concert? I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, so um, Map Style, you know Mappy. Well, we call him Mappy. Mappy. Yeah, we call him Mappy. He's a sweetheart. Uh, so he started the process. So we are now in the process of, and it'll be the first um, remake if it ever makes it out, you know, makes it out. Um, it'll be the first remake that I've ever tackled. It's called What Do You See? Uh, and it, it it just, I was surprised how Stevie, he freaking got me, man. He he, he got, it's, it's hard to explain, Jose, but he's got ears, man. This guy got, he's brilliant. He, he got ears and, and uh, he's like, he knew that I that this song would be some that that would make my voice shine a little bit. So um, so Matt began the process. He started producing it. So I got some of the stems already, and uh, so that's going to be fun. I hope. Um, but yeah, what's going on with the drama with the whole remix and stuff and people stealing shit and whatnot? Well, my my Pull question to you is: You're trying to do a remake of Cause and Effect. <laughs> What are your views on remakes? You know, I don't know. I, 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 I never had to think about it. You know, I never thought about doing a remake. Like, I love TK's version of uh, Tears for Fears. That's phenomenal. I think they sound amazing. Yeah, my only issue with that is that they're actually using the backgrounds from Tears for Fears, which kind of yeah. defeats the purpose. You're using the right. original, which is not legal. <laughs> well, for release, yes. I only heard the tune, I think, twice when we were touring out there. So, like, I really wasn't catching it. So, I don't know. Um, I'm sure that Tony would rectify that. Well, I'm assuming. I don't know. I can't speak for Tony. He's a sweetheart. He's a great guy, actually. Uh, you know, I can't speak for him. But I think if you do it legally, you know, if you get the rights, if you contact the publishing people and get permission and all that stuff, that should be happening. If it's a song that speaks to you, and if it's a song that you could bring your own spin on it, if it's a song that you think you could do something with it and um, raise the the bar on the original, then hey, do it legally. You know, do it right. Get permission. Don't be shady. Don't be shady. Do it right. If you cannot raise the bar on a song, do not have the nerve to tackle it. Subscribe to the Freestyle Club Podcast, theunknownadmin.com, and cprsmusic.com. I would be remiss if I didn't discuss my favorite song from your catalog, simply titled You. Just the most amazing song and the entire history of amazing songs that were never released on vinyl, that was not meant to be a single. Uh, right, I know. It's, I know. It's just a song that, um, even with that, your fluorescent eyes oh, I, will endure I hate that my line, cries. Bro. I hate Yo, I'm so sick of corny lyrics. So I really am. I, I'm, I'm so tired of it. That's one thing that I, that I cannot, that I abhor at this point. I hate 
freaking corny freaking lyrics, man. But that I'm trying is, to get away from that. That is the greatest corniest lyric of all time. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> You got everyone singing it. You got everyone repeating it. It's true. True, true. And so to me, uh, that is your greatest song in my eyes. People love Samuel, Open Your Eyes, Catch a Kiss, and and, uh, My Heart Alone are anthems. My favorite part of a freestyle song is it starts off slow and it ends with Mm -hmm. a crescendo. There's not a better crescendo than you. And it's a song that you can replay over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. seven minutes of pure greatness, and I can hear that for hours on end. And you know what's funny? Is that a lot of the songs I recorded for cutting were done at studios, bro. Major studios, you know what I mean? Real, professional. Back then, when we took it seriously and we had people on it, production people on this stuff, you was recorded in the office of Cutting Records, dude. Just it was right in the office. Yeah, just a quick little, you know, a quick flyby. I, you know, I came in, Got the lyric sheet. I'm like, okay, it sounds pretty nice, and I just laid it out. You were like, you know, you were a couple like, times. What the fuck yeah. is this fluorescent eye shit? Well, you know, at the time, you know, so. I want to make a suggestion to yeah. Aldo if he's listening. If, he probably will be. <laughs> he if, will be. If you are planning to do like be. a retro 12-inch release, yeah, you by Sam Savone has to be the first one on that list. Yeah, yeah. And then, and you know what? Do a flipper on the other side. Put a choral track. And, you know, like, uh, you're just who I need and do mm-hmm. some remixes and just put some retro cutting <laughs> record stuff. That that yeah. would be amazing to me. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? Because last time I went to Brazil, he actually went to the warehouse to try to find me all the instrumentals. You know, I like to sing live, bro. I do. I like to sing live, you know, and just, and just put, you know, backing choruses on there. And he can't find El Pobrecito. Poor guy. He was, I, I think he was at two days at the warehouse trying to find the instrumentals for Catch and Kiss and for you. And that's why I don't really perform them. Look, I'm not opposed to someone singing with the track. It's cool. I'm over it. Back then, I was a staunch. You should be singing live. Someone's going to come pay see me. They better hear my voice. And I still believe that. Even if I sound like crap, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to give you a live vocal, man, because I love my people. I love going up there and singing my heart out. So that's one of the reasons why I don't do Catch and Kiss or you, because it's like, even when I did your show, I kind of hated it because I had the vocals on it. But yes, it's like he can't find the instrumentals of it. So it's like he tried. He's like, Sam, I can't find them. So if you see me doing, because I am working hopefully with some new promoters. I can't talk about it yet, but I'm going to be doing some shows here stateside. Uh, I'm going to talk to a few people right now to start doing a few more bookings. It's just that I don't want to do any any old show, Jose. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not being a diva. I'm not. I'm not. It's just that I want to, you know, I want to respect Sam Savan. I want to respect Samuel. I want to respect the people that come pay to see me. I respect that, bro. I'm from the old school where, like, I want to value, give myself the value. So the right venues are important. I'm talking to a few promoters, just so you guys know out there. So hopefully they'll be, you'll be seeing me in some of these shows pretty soon. If you see me do Catch and Kiss or you, I apologize. My label, or rather my ex-label, cannot find the instrumental tracks for it. So you're going to be hearing my full voice on there, and I apologize. This is the Freestyle Club. Let's talk about solidarity and artists standing together. So I know that the rant that Stevie did a while back hurt a lot of people. And I know that you and I, Jose, agree on a lot of the things that he said. Right? He actually quoted me many times. There you go. And I'm not going to add gas to the fire, but he made a lot of great points. And 
I don't care how he said it. It hit home. And I'm hoping that artists, producers take that advice. Why should he sugarcoat shit? He said that there were a lot of songs coming from Germany that sucked. And he was absolutely yep. right because <laughs> we have been talking about it on this podcast. I love that guy. I love him, bro. For he's, over he's a too year. Much. He's too much. For he's over much. a year, we've been talking yep. about that. So, mm -hmm. so we've been talking yeah. about it here. I know that he's a fan of the Freestyle Club. I know he supports CPR's Clubhouse of Podcast. I know that he listens. Right. So right. I'm glad that he went on there and he said, hey, there are levels. <laughs> there, there are levels. There are levels to this shit. It's true. There are levels to this. They, there really is. And I'm hoping that, and even aside from that, I think artists need to support each other. I'm so tired of this diva freaking attitude people have it's like someone said to me why do you always find your fans why are you freaking kidding me these guys uh, you know they take the time to write a comment on your social media who the f do you think how, who the hell do you think i am i'm not better than anybody no one's better than anyone jose if i can react to every comment i'm going to and i'm going to continue to do so until i can't anymore i have to admit that coming back from brazil was overwhelming But I try to get back to everybody because I love and appreciate it. If someone's going to take a moment to start typing out a comment or or how dare I not give you the attention? I, that is so fucked up. Who the hell do you think you are? Someone actually told me, Stan, why do you always, why do you always reply to all your fans? I'm like, really? That's a stupid question on your part. Well, that's the reason that's why you're successful and they're not. Yo, that was really stupid, Jose. That that shit bothered me so much. I'm like, yo, do you know any, it could be one person, if they show you any kind of love or appreciation or you don't know how you affect these people. Like me and Asia had people crying on us over there, crying on us, Jose. I had a man break down on me. And even now I'm getting choked up thinking about it because the effect that we have on people is so important. You don't know what their, you know, what their personal lives are about, what problems they're going through. But we're giving them a minute, just a few minutes to get away from that. I had one guy break down on me at the stadium. He was shocked that I went out to the audience and I wanted to just hug everybody and say, thank you so much. This guy broke down crying on me. I was like, fine. Yo, even now, I'm gonna start crying myself in a minute because this should touch me. You know, you don't know how you affect people. Don't ever be a fucking diva. Get the hell over yourself. If someone says, you know, I love your music, thank you so much. I'll give you a heart emoji. I'll give you a fist, whatever. I'm going to acknowledge you. And I'm going to do that to my dying day, Jose. And the person that asked me that, go fuck yourself. I hope you're listening. I just got to put it out there, bro. And once again, artists, please support each other. Don't be bashing each other. Don't be talking shit about each other and then smiling in each other's faces. Trust me, we know. We know you're doing that. Don't do it because you look stupid, really stupid. And stop telling me, oh, nice to see you back on the scene. Motherfucker, it's my choice. Every artist has a different way of approaching their career, how they want to come across in public. You know what I mean? Like every artist has a certain way of doing things. That's all. Don't assume that someone was retired. I never said I retired. Yeah, I think I that just, people don't understand. And in freestyle, you can leave and... Yep. I mean, the people that have left for 20 years and come back, the older our music gets, the better it is. There you go. I it's, love you, bro. I love you, bro. That's exactly it. It's like a fine wine. It's like salsa. People that are like, oh, I'm retiring, or I'm leaving Facebook, or I'm... It doesn't matter. I hate that. I hate that. And, and people, stop putting on Facebook, I'm deleting people. Who gives a shit? 
Fuck off. <laughs> stop putting stop putting that on there. I'm emptying out my friend list. I'm deleting. Yo, come on, man. That is a cry for attention, and you look really stupid. The first thing I do is I unfriend them as soon as I read that. I said, you don't Yo, have, me too. You don't have oh to worry God. about me, sir. I love you, bro. I'm the same. I'm like, you know, you know what? I'll make it easy for you. Yeah. No problem, bro. After See that, ya. And then after that, when I got home, my mom me dio papao. How dare you? Un- <laughs> Saca la mano. Saca la mano. Saca la mano. Oh, How that dare you up. unfriend me on social media? That is so funny. <laughs> no, it, it's true. But I'm sick of seeing that. I'm sick of it. This is the Freestyle Club Hit Pick of the Week. Uh, I mean, Pick Hit of the Week. Sorry about that, Jose. Sam Savone, what is your pick hit of the week? Julio Menez, Intoxicated. I love that song. I love the video. I'm so intoxicated by your Well, my pick of the week, of course, is G.A., George Anthony, and George Lamond. And now that it's over. I don't know what it is about you that keeps driving me Well, Sam, where can people find you? Well, you probably find me in the Bronx. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> find me on Facebook. Of course, it's Sam Morales 77 You can find me on Instagram. I'm finally getting back on there, man, because I'm not a big person on social media. I'm being pressured to have more of a presence. So Samuel the Original on Instagram. Also, you can follow my music page on Facebook. It's Soul Invictus Music. Until next time, at CPR saying goodbye. And remember, peace, love, and freestyle.